You are listening to WRBH, Reading Radio for the Blind. This is the Public Affairs Show. I am Carl Arredondo, former chief meteorologist of Channel 4. I am now a certified orientation and mobility specialist. I have a vision impairment. I have retinitis pigmentosa. I walk with a white cane. On today's episode of the Public Affairs Show, we're going to talk about something kind of fun and something very different for the city of New Orleans. We are talking about the crew of Krampus Parade that's coming up very soon and something different that's going to be done with this parade. With us is Diane Assorti, one of the co-founders of the crew of Krampus. Diana, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on. First, before we begin... I like our listeners to get an idea of who I'm talking to. So, uh, between you and Mike as co-founders of the Crew of Krampus, first tell us a little bit about yourselves. Where are you all from? Where'd you went to school? You know, is this your hometown? How you got here? If it isn't, so just give us a little, you know, biography of the two of you. Okay. Well, we've kind of been all over. I'm originally from uh, California, but I've lived all over because of work. Mike is originally from Michigan. He went to school in Rhode Island at Rhode Island School of Design. And uh, then we kind of met up in Southern California and have been in New Orleans uh, for about 10 years. Awesome. And uh, tell us a little bit about the history of Krampus. What's that about and, and how the parade got started? Well, the history of Krampus, um, so Krampus is an Austrian legend that goes back many thousands of years, and the the legend, you see it in a lot of Alpine countries, that he goes along with St. Nicholas on St. Nicholas night. So you may, if you've been good, you may get St. Nicholas. If you haven't, you may get Krampus. So as a result of this, for many, many years in Austrian countries, there have been parades that are called Krampus Lofts where a herd of Krampusay come through and scare people into being good, along with St. Nicholas. And um, the crew officially started here in 2017, although Michael and myself had been involved in the Philadelphia Krampus loss going back to 2012. And finally in 2015, we said, why is there not a Krampus loss parade in New Orleans, the, the town of parades? So um, we came up with the idea in 2015, and then the crew started in 2017. And the parade is uh, coming up on Saturday, December 3rd, at, uh, correct? What time? Yes. So um, the parade, we, we roll promptly at 7 p.m. Now, go over the uh, parade route for everyone. Let them know where the parade begins, what route it takes, and, and where it ends. Okay. So the parade is going to start Street and Moyle Street. It will go down there, make a right on Independence. It will turn left on Burgundy. Then it will make another left on Cloat. It will um, go down Dauphine and then make a left onto Piety and end at the corners of Royal and Piety Street. And how long do you think that parade takes from start to finish if someone is at a certain spot? What, uh, just to give them an idea of how long they're going to be at, at a parade. Okay, so the route is a little while long, and once you start to see the the parade one center spot, it will probably take maybe 15, 20 minutes to fly. 
Okay, awesome. Now, something different about this parade, and that's kind of how I became involved. Uh, I was asked by uh, WRBH to talk to you guys. Uh, tell them, tell everyone about what is going to be unique about this parade that and hasn't been done in New Orleans for any parade. Well, what we are thrilled about is that we will be New Orleans' first accessible and inclusive parade. Awesome. So that means uh, you've got two blocks set off, uh, set aside for the parade route, where it's going to be strictly for people with some sort of uh, disability or impairment or, or need special assistance. Is that correct? Yes. So um, we're calling that Accessibility Row, and it's going to be on Independent Street between Royal and Burgundy. Okay, now let's. We're going to talk each uh, about each one of the little sections you're going to have. First, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, quiet zone. Explain that and why that is something that you felt was necessary to have as well. Okay, so the quiet zone um, that will be on Independence between Royal and Dauphine, and it'll be on both sides of the street. So that's going to be an area for folks, children, adults that have sensory processing needs. So what we will do as we go through there, we will just quiet the whole parade. Um, you know, any movements people would make, any loud noises, that will all quiet. Uh, we have also created a social story for the area that parents or caretakers can download as a PDF to read with their children ahead of time so that they can kind of know what to expect when the parade comes through. And we also have a graphic that parents or caretakers can print up if they don't want any throws given um, to, to their family, to their children, you know, just in case that would cause any issues. So we're, the, the entire crew is being trained on this so that we know uh, appropriate ways to, to behave when we go through that area. Okay. Is that off a website or how do they get that information? Yes. Yeah, so um, on our main website, which is crewofcrompus.com, and then we also have a Facebook page that has information as well. Awesome. So they can get that ahead of time, and then, the, like yeah. you said, how, how do you train your uh, your parade um, people in the parade to, for this? So um, everybody has either been in meetings or seen a video that we have produced um, kind of going over what they need to be doing. Um, we do have a cr another crew that walks with us, and they have percussion instruments, and so they know when they go through this area that any bells they're wearing need to be quieted. They need to stop um, hitting the drums and just be very quiet. And like when Krampus comes through, they're usually very noisy with some growling and, and shouting and bells ringing and, and all of that and really abrupt movements. So they're going to be very quiet when they go through. Movements will be stilled. Bells won't be ringing. They won't be growling. Um, so everybody knows in this area to be very quiet. Oh, that is amazing. I think that's awesome. Just the idea of that and and the initiative that you guys are taking to to have something like this. I think that is awesome for the uh, everybody in the parade to be trained and to know you know what not to do when they're approaching this area. That's awesome. I, I applaud you already on this uh, idea. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we want to have this be a successful event so that when parents or caretakers bring children, they know um, that, that we will be doing the right thing in this area for them. 
Okay, so let's move on to another area. I know okay. a big problem for a lot of uh, people who use wheelchairs and they go to parades is sometimes people stand in front of them, they can't see. So Absolutely. talk about your area for uh, people that use a wheelchair. So um, on Independence, now this will be between Dauphine and Burgundy, um, we're going to have both sides of the street there. And on one side, that will be what we're calling our mobility zone. So it will be blocked off. There, Anybody that's in a wheelchair or needs to bring a chair to sit down can sit down. They won't have anybody standing in front of them, so they'll have a nice clear view of the parade. And that's also a very great idea because I know that you know, ladders or people standing in front uh, it can be a tremendous issue for someone trying to enjoy a parade that, that you know, can't stand or can't stand for long periods of time. So um, where did all these ideas come up, you know, with you guys? How did y'all decide that this is something y'all wanted to do? Well, um, as everybody knows, in 2020 and 2021, we had the COVID pandemic, and we decided to very quickly pivot and do something brand new. So we created a drive-through format for the parade, which allowed us to parade in a very COVID-safe way. We had a lot of procedures and training, um, a lot of social distancing, and then had cars that came through. So when these cars came through, as a crew, we were kind of noticing folks in the, in the vehicles, maybe children that had the noise-canceling headphones on, or somebody in a wheelchair or a mobility device on the back of the vehicle. But then after the event, we started getting a lot of public feedback for people saying, you know, we have a, a child with autism. And for the first time as a family, we could actually do something to their, or they had a family member with a mobility issue. And again, they could actually come out and enjoy something. So, because we got so much feedback like that, we felt as crew it would be completely remiss if we just didn't learn anything from the pandemic and ignored that. So we decided we needed to, to make, once we started rolling us again, we needed to make it accessible. So that's where the idea for accessibility came from. Well, I know when Mike first uh talk to me about this and, and you also through emails that I just was amazed at the thought of this and that it has not been done this way. And, and for this to be the first time, I was really excited for you guys to, to uh, do this and, and to be involved in this in some little bit of a way, uh, advising you all and talking to you about this. So again, this is amazing. And I hope this is a huge success and something that other crews will look to for their parades in the future. Um, Absolutely. And that's definitely something that we're hoping that people see this and want to implement this because it's shocking that in parade town, something like this doesn't exist, and we're hoping to be the ones to maybe change this. Absolutely. Now, another area is for the deaf community. Talk a little bit about what the plans are for that. So across the street from the mobility zone, again, this is on independence between Dauphine and Burgundy, we're going to have an American Sign Language interpreter that will be there for people that are deaf or hard of hearing, and um, they will be interpreting as the parade is going by and also there to answer any questions as well. 
again, another very important uh, part of our community, the uh, deaf community and the hearing impaired community. And now the, uh, the next one that uh, is close to me is uh, let's talk about the area for the visually impaired. What are your plans for that? So we have um, a great plan for having a master ceremony section where um, a description of the parade as it goes by will be provided for people that are blind. The American Sign Language interpreter is also going to be um, right next to this area so that they can um, interpret for the description that's going on. And I've mentioned to you that I would love to be able to be the one to do that part of it, but I explained a little bit about sometimes at night or if lights are shining that it's a little difficult for me to to see completely and and I may not be able to do that at 100%. So what I did was and uh, I'm thank you for the uh the uh, allowing us to do this and my fiance Isis Casanova who's learned a lot in the past 4 years uh being with me to be very descriptive in her talking to me or describing an environment or how to find something, and she's agreed that she'd be happy to do this and describe the parade for for the uh, the visually impaired community and for the ASL interpreter. So we're very, very thrilled and excited and appreciative of you to let us be involved in this also. Well, and I can't even begin to tell you how excited we are to have you both there um, to provide these descriptive services. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be just, just a wonderful partnership. And tell everybody again uh, your website and Facebook page in case they didn't get a chance to uh, jot that down uh, when you first mentioned it a, a short time ago. Certainly. Um, so the website is crewofcrompus.com, and then the Facebook page is the same Crew of Krampus as well. And on those sections, we will have more information on accessibility, um, a link to the PDF for the social story, and all of that information will be up there. And if anyone has any questions about the parade, they can uh, ask that in any one of those formats in on your website or your Facebook page? Absolutely. So on the website, there is a link to an email that they can email us, um, Michael or myself directly. But on the Facebook page, they can just um, comment, and we are very responsive and will respond to, to any questions people might have. And they can also reach out to us directly um, on Facebook. And besides this radio interview to promote the parade, you're going to do more promotion uh, about this parade also during the week. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we have a television morning show interview that Michael will be doing. Um, and we've also gotten some, some print articles as well. And we will be continuing to promote on social media, so on our Facebook page and our Instagram account as well. Awesome. And so with the hope of this being a success, um, you guys are ready to help other parades that may come to you and say, hey, how did you do this or how did that work? Or So, I mean, you're, you guys are willing to talk to many crews afterwards if this does become the success I think it will be. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I feel that... And again, you know, this is the first time for doing it, so there may be some things we didn't anticipate, but we feel like we've tried to cover a lot of bases, and we would be thrilled to be involved with other crews to help them uh, pave the way for creating their own accessibility roads, because it is so important, and there is a huge group of people in New Orleans and surrounding areas that 
parades just, you know, they can't attend, they can't be involved in. But if these parades did have something like an accessibility row, they could have have a whole bunch of new new fans. Now, for the listeners of this program, many are visually impaired or have no vision at all. Kind of give a description of what Krampus looks like. So Krampus um, himself is a very tall, hairy creature. Um, the The traditional version has cloven hooves, but we do find parading with cloven hooves is a little bit um, difficult. A large horns, uh, teeth, and a very long tongue. So the traditional Krampus is known for the fur and the very long tongue. Also carries a basket or a bag on the back and may parade with some switches as well. Because if Krampus comes across any bad children, although our crew, our philosophy is there are no bad children, but if Krampus did find one, might grab them up, throw them in the basket, and carry them away. So Krampus, in a way, could be a little scary to some children. Is that correct? Yes, but again, with our crew, we have... um, train folks that anytime, you know, we do see a child on the route, if um, they do seem a little bit scared, we immediately back off. But we have also, there has been this, this defense created called the candy cane defense. So if a child does feel afraid, they just kind of stand there, put their arms up in the air, curve their hands a little bit to look like a candy cane. And um, we had a crew member's son develop this actually in 2019. And his thought was if he looked like a candy cane, he could avoid Krampus and Krampus wouldn't see him. So everybody in our crew has also been trained that if they see a child doing this, we know to just ignore them, go on. We don't see them and we want them to feel magic is real. Oh, that is awesome. I love that that idea. Um, how many members are in the crew, and where are they from? Are they from different varieties or different you know places, or are they all from New Orleans? Well, we have a huge variety of locations people are from. We have people that are up in uh, Maryland. We have people that stretch all the way to California. We have a few members there. Um, and so they're from a lot of different places, and we do have about 100 members now. So the members from other places, they come to town for this parade? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Um, awesome. Some oh. members, most part, people fly in, and they kind of build a vacation around the parade. And we actually have people that attend our parade that have been reaching out to us throughout the year because they plan a vacation to come to New Orleans specifically to see our parade. Oh, so that means do you travel to other places for other parades as well? Um, we don't, but people travel to us. Oh, that's great. And, of course, New Orleans is a great place to visit. So oh, absolutely. It, you're right. Making it a whole experience of a week after around the parade is, is just something I'm sure many folks enjoy doing. Um, yeah. This parade route, has it always been along this route? Have there been any changes over the years? Um, well, outside of when we did our drive through event, this is where we originally started the parade. Um, although this year we extended the route by five additional blocks, kind of in the Piety to Clouette area, just because we were adding accessibility row. So we did extend the route by five blocks this year, but this is kind of where we started in in Bywater because actually Bywater had a very large German population 
in alpine population. And since Krampus, those are the original roots of Krampus, that just seemed like a really good fit for us to to start our parade in that area. Now, these this area of uh, accessibility row, was that uh, picked because it was the best geographic location or logistic area, or how did you pick that area along the parade route? Well, um, that area has a couple of really great things going for it. So for um, where the quiet zone is, it's a little bit darker. It's, um, you know, there aren't a lot of super bright lights there. Uh, where we have the mobility zone, there's a very large, easy-to-navigate drive that goes up, so it's very easy uh, sidewalk access there. And um, this area, we had worked with Bywater Bakery one year uh, to create a child children's safe zone where there were a lot of children doing the candy cane defense, and so we really realized this was a great section. So when we thought of Accessibility Row, we realized that was the perfect area for it. Are there any local businesses uh, along the parade route that are, are helping out or doing something extra that um, that you can tell us about? Yeah, so um, we we have always realized we have these wonderful community partners, and you know we're in the community, so we we feel we can all work together. So there is an after party that's happening that's being sponsored by um, Brats Y'all and Bud Rips. So people can go and, you know, enjoy and mingle with uh, crew members after the parade there. And then, um, you know, it's kind of as we're, as the parade is going, we do work with other um, people that have businesses. Like, for example, I mentioned uh, Bywater Bakery, which has always been a fantastic partner of ours. And so like most parades, when people are going to a parade and, and want to watch it, uh, parking, that you just you know find parking anywhere around the parade route. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, there is a lot of great street parking that's there. Um, there is also over near Crescent Park parking, a parking lot there as well. Awesome. Um, I, again, I, I really love this idea. This parade is on December 3rd. Tell us again what time it starts. Uh, it starts uh, promptly at 7 p.m. And it starts at what location? Um, it will start at the corner of uh, France Street and Royal Street. Okay. Um, I think most folks will find this very interesting to see this kind of situation set up with uh, the accessibility row. And, I again, I hope many people... And come out and enjoy it and spread the word if you're listening on WRBH. And again, they will have promotions during the week also and, and on a, on TV and on print. So you'll find more information. But again, the crew of Krampus.com is where you can find a lot more information where you can uh, check out the parade route, the information, the printout, any uh, signs that you need for uh, the parade. So again, the uh, crew of Krampus.com and the Facebook page is where you want to find this information. And again, Diana, I just applaud you and Mike very much for for doing this. I think it's a wonderful idea, and I'm sure it's going to be a a huge success with uh, finding out what works, what might need to be tweaked a little bit. But I I think the appreciation of the community uh, for the quiet zone, the uh, wheelchair users, the visually impaired, and the deaf community and hard of hearing community uh, appreciate just the idea that they are being thought about for for an event like this. Well, and, and we're thrilled at the overwhelming community support that we're that we're getting for 
you know, even talking about the accessibility row and so many people that are behind this. And I just know, even though it's the first year, that it will be a success. And we're thrilled to see a new group of folks that can feel more comfortable coming to a parade and can feel welcome coming to an event like this. Awesome. So before we end this interview, there's usually four questions I like to ask my guest. Um, We didn't go over this before, but these are questions I like to ask. And since this is more of a Christmas theme, so I'm going to keep it a little bit like that. Okay. Okay. So what is your favorite Christmas movie and why? Uh, My very favorite Christmas movie is, um, you know, that's always so tough because every year I love them. But um, my favorite one is the one with Jimmy Stewart. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a wonderful life. Uh, Absolutely. You You know, I'm one of those where, you know, Die Hard's my favorite Christmas movie, but uh, many people don't agree that that's a Christmas movie. Well, I think it is. It definitely is. (laughs) But uh, I would say Elf. I really liked Elf. Yes. Okay. What is your favorite Christmas song? Um, The the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. Mm, Okay. All right. I my my all time favorite is the Little Drummer Boy. I don't care what version it is. That's my favorite Christmas song. I love that's that. That's a great song. Yep. What do you like to do on your spare time to relax? Um, I love to read. I am a prolific reader, so um, I I will always I will always be reading a book. Um, I also am a painter, so I like to do that as well. Awesome. Now, last question. What is on your bucket list that you still want to do or a place to go to? Um, I have, you know, it's interesting because I've had a bucket list actually since I was about 10 years old. <laughs> so I have been fortunate to cross off a number, a number of things. But one place I have not been, I have not been to Scotland yet. And so I would, I would love to go to there. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, Diana Asorti, I want to thank you very much for being with us. And uh, we're looking forward to the Crew of Krampus Parade uh, coming up on December 3rd. And I wish you all the success. I will be there and be rooting for you. And I'm excited about the parade. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Carl. I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today and for your support of Accessibility Road. Thank you. Thank you very much. You have been listening to WRBH Reading Radio for the Blind. This has been the Public Affairs Show. I am Carl Arredondo. Thank you for listening.